You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Season 8 Travels by Lindsay Bones on AO3 Chapter 9 Stillness The feeling of her back pressed against his chest, her hand on his knee, her even breathing offers a pleasant counterweight to what's taking place on the screen in the dimmed room. He winces a little, watching a baby's head crown followed by the agonizing scream of its mother. Scully doesn't even flinch. Looking briefly around the room, he quickly assesses that it's full of lightweights in the area of pain endurance. Scully's been through cancer. Scully's been through abduction and the ICU. Scully's been shot. Scully lost and then buried her best friend after finding out she was pregnant. Scully is so, so strong. He feels like his hand is drawn to her, and wraps an arm around her and palms her belly. He feels the alien-like movement under her shirt and loses his breath for a moment. The video ends and the lights come on. He pulls his hand away. He's not sure why. The instructor, a middle-aged woman in blue scrubs, smiles and clasps her hands. Okay, let's take a few minutes to discuss the things that might be making you feel anxious. Scully shifts her nerves firing like a machine gun. Anxiety? Oh, only that aliens will kill me and take my baby. The usual. The other prospective parents talk about far more mundane things. Fear of the pain, anxiety about embarrassment, worries that daddy won't be able to hack it and will end up passed out on the floor. Scully has remained conspicuously silent. Dana, what about you? Any fears or anxieties you'd like to discuss? Mulder can feel her go completely taut in his arms. Um, I'm a doctor, so I'm probably a little too aware of everything that can go wrong. I'm not a very good patient either. What about you, Fox? Do you have concerns? Fox. They aren't even Mulder and Scully here. They're Fox and Dana, with little, Hello, my name is, stickers on their shirts. He didn't expect to have to answer any questions, so he fumbles momentarily. It's... it's true that she's not a very good patient, and not always ready to tell me when things are serious. There have been times when she's been sick, very sick, or in a lot of pain, and then not been forthcoming about it. She's holding her breath, he can tell. But he goes on. I just worry that she'll need me, and I won't even know. That's a great point, the instructor says, as she turns her attention back to the rest of the room. Communication is so important. She is stock still and silent for the rest of the class, which runs another hour. His ass has gone numb, and he wonders how she could possibly be comfortable at this point. She shifts as the other couple start to extricate themselves. Ready? he asks quietly. Hang on, she whispers. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable. Just hang on. I'm having a contraction, she says, between clenched teeth. Momentary panic washes over him, but he quickly remembers that they're in the best place they could possibly be in this situation. Are you feeling it in your back? He asks quietly. She nods a little. He snakes his hand between them and begins working broad circles on her lumbar zone for several quiet seconds. She lets out a long, shaky breath. It's okay, she huffs. I'm okay. It's going away. Should we go upstairs? He asks. Upstairs, being labor and delivery. No, I'm okay. 
I want to go home. Whatever you say. He gets up and holds out his hands for her. The momentum built in pulling her up has her nearly tumbling into his embrace. He wraps his arms around her and pulls her into his chest. I've got you, he murmurs. She seems to relax into his arms, pressing her cheek into his chest. It's all going to be okay. She nods and pulls away. He dials her number without even looking at the phone. He could dial it with his toes if he had to. The fact that he knows that she's been on her feet for hours now has him on edge. Scully, she answers, the tension clear in her voice. I got him, Scully. Agents Doggett and Harrison are on their way to the hospital right now, he says, as he watches the trailing lights of the ambulance pull away from the wooded estate. He can almost hear her decompress. Oh, thank God. Is he okay? He will be. I'm headed your way, he says. It's okay, Mulder. I'll take a cab. It's after midnight. Do you really think I'm going to let you stand on a curb in downtown D.C. when I could just come get you? He can hear a long sigh over the line and can picture her in her scrubs and white tennis shoes pressing her palms into her lower back. Okay, she says. Any contractions? he asks, as he turns the key and the car comes to life. She's quiet initially. A couple. Go put your feet up. I'll call you when I'm close. When he arrives, she is standing on the sidewalk, still in her scrubs with a large bag slung over her shoulder. Hey, pretty lady, he calls. Going my way? She smiles past the tiredness that has clearly taken hold. I can't imagine who you're talking to, Mulder her voice betraying the discomfort she feels as she eases into the seat. How's the wee one? Any more contractions? he asks, pulling away from the hoover for the third time in two days. We're okay, she says softly. The street lamps cast shadows over her face, and he can see how drained she is. Let's get you two home then, he says. Hmm, she sighs, as if shaken out of a brief reverie. No, I need to go check on John. Scully, come on. It's almost 1 a.m. You're dead on your feet. I can see it. I've got the cultures from the bacteria and the analysis of the venom, both of which they need to treat him, she says firmly. He can tell when he's on the losing side of an argument. Yes, she's clearly exhausted, but nothing stops her when she's made up her mind. Okay, so we go to the hospital, you talk to the doctor, and then straight home after. No keeping vigil at the guy's bedside or anything. You're the only one I'd do that for, she says with a little smile. He waits in the hallway while she talks with the doctor. When she re-emerges nearly an hour later, a hand pressed against her lower back, her mouth in a tight line, he fears bringing her here was a mistake. Let's go, she murmurs softly. She is dozing in the car, her hand resting atop her belly. By the time they pull in front of her building, she is out cold, nearly snoring. Scully, wake up, he says, as he combs his fingers through her hair. Mm, she sighs. Time is it? Almost 3 a.m. I don't think this was what Dr. Speak had in mind when she said to take it easy. She blinks the sleep out of her eyes and exhales. I suppose you're right. Come on, then. Off to bed with you he says, as he shuts off the car. I gotta eat something. My blood sugar is crashing, she sighs as she unbuckles. Once inside, she heads straight to the kitchen. Uh Uh-uh, he says, as he steps between her and the fridge. 
Mulder, what are you doing? You go get ready for bed. I'll bring you something to eat. She knits her brow, and her jaw bobs for a second. Craving anything in particular? He asks, as he steps behind her and places his hands on her shoulders. Um, no. He is guiding her toward the bedroom and drops a kiss on the top of her head. Go get comfy. I'll fix you something. She passes him a wary glance over her shoulder, but acquiesces. When he heads back to the bedroom with a sandwich and apple slices, he finds her flat on her back, lying diagonally across the bed. She didn't even manage to get out of her tennis shoes, let alone change into her signature silk jammies. His heart pounds for a second as he realizes just how much he loves her. Scully, you aren't supposed to be on your back, he says, as he places the plate on the nightstand. How'd you know that? She slurs sleepily. He sits down and pulls her feet into his lap. He tugs on the laces of her bright white tennis shoes. I told you, he says as he unties them. Oprah! She lets out a breathy little chuckle. He works her shoes off gently and peels her socks away to reveal just how swollen her feet and ankles are. Jesus, this looks painful, Scully. She pushes up on her elbows and smirks at him. A little, I guess. Comparatively speaking, they're not so bad. Yeah? What's worse by comparison? He asks as he begins to rub her feet. She tilts her head to one side and her eyes dart downward. A sadness drops across her face like a veil. Scully? Did I say something wrong? Nothing. No, it's my fault, she says softly. What is? Comparatively speaking, what's worse has been... She stops, tears welling in her eyes. Scully? The fear and... Her breath hitches. The loneliness and the grief. God, the grief. She sobs as she covers her face. Scully, 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 he attempts to soothe. God, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. He crawls up the bed and pulls her into his arms. No, don't. I'm sorry. It's hormones, and I'm exhausted. I'm not trying to guilt you. Shh, Scully, he whispers as he strokes her hair and presses kisses on her forehead. She clutches his shirt in her fist and simply breaks down. He runs his palm up and down her back, scritch-scratching on the faded scrub material. She is pressed close to him, as close as the swell of her belly will allow. The baby shifts, and he feels the distinct movements against his own abdomen. I'm sorry, he tells her. I didn't know, and I didn't try to know, and I'm sorry. I'm a mess. I hate this, she says with a shuddering breath. Hate what? Being so emotional. Being out of control, she says, with a sniffle. I know, he says, his lips still pressed against the smooth skin of her forehead. You gotta slow down and get some rest, okay? The only person he has loved, truly loved, is her. He realizes, perhaps too late, that she's done the tremendous and unexpected favor of loving him back, even though he's just a little crazy, even though he's paranoid. Even though he's done simply the worst job of showing his depth of affection for her, she still loves him. He's got his whole world in his arms right now. His future, his past, everything he could hope to know or understand. It's right here. He feels like he could cry himself, trying to fight the sting in his sinuses and tightness in his throat. 
As usual, she consents the shift. Not you too, Mulder, she says, as her hand finds its way to the nape of his neck, and her fingers weave into his hair. I'm a big old sap when it comes to you, Scully. She chuckles a little at that. He pulls back to meet her eyes. You gonna be okay? he asks. Okay in the sense that she's done falling apart for the moment, at least. She nods a little. I'll work on your feet. You work on that sandwich. She cracks a sad little smile. Her eyes are red and puffy with the glassy sheen of exhaustion and fresh tears. The act of pressing his thumbs into her arches elicits a low groan as her head drops back on her shoulders. The sight and sound of it feel familiar and foreign all at once. Too much? he asks tentatively. Oh God, don't you dare stop, she very nearly moans. He can't help but laugh a little. Eat your sandwich, he says. She picks up her lolling head and looks suspiciously at the plate on her nightstand. Mulder? Yeah? What the hell is this? That is a honey peanut butter sandwich, he says matter-of-factly, as he wraps both hands around a foot and presses the flesh toward her ankle. She chuckles a little and leans over to pick up the plate as he continues his ministrations on her foot. Where'd you come up with this? she asks, before she takes a bite. It's got everything you need. Protein, sugar, potassium for those leg cramps. Oprah, huh? What to expect when you're expecting? No way, she says, past a mouthful of peanut butter. I read it cover to cover, he tells her. Don't look so surprised. I am surprised. Finish your sandwich, he tells her. She smiles a little. She changes and settles into bed while he cleans up in the kitchen. When he returns to the bedroom, she is in a nest of pillows and groaning softly as she struggles to get comfortable. You need anything? he asks as he palms her shoulder. Hmm, just sleep, she says dreamily. Okay, get some rest, he says as he turns off the lamp and starts moving for the door. You're leaving? she asks. He pauses. I can stay. Yeah, she says, barely awake. Stay. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.